Welcome to Podcast 25, another great episode with a huge personality on the running scene, Ivan Peru from Bangor. More commonly known as Big Ivan, um, he's truly an inspirational guy. He had a real wake-up call in 2005 when his MS was misdiagnosed. At that point, he made a right turn with his health, losing just over six stone and competing in the Berlin Marathon and finishing in an amazing time of 3 hours 12 minutes. This was only the start of Ivan's marathon journey, but little did he know this was also the start of his journey with his MS, um, which he liked to call his monster. Never will you meet a nicer person that genuinely wants to do good in the world. Um, he's helped introduce a lot of runners into Park Run through the Couch to 5K, and is currently the race director of the Bangor Park Run that hosts, I think, 250 to 300 runners every Saturday morning. In Ivan's own words, just improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yeah, so, yeah, the first time I met you was in the park room. Okay. And Castle Allen, I think I went out like the hammers. And I was like second place, the first mile. And I was like, I shouldn't be here. Because yeah. there's people at the starting line, they were talking about breaking, did you see if I'm recording that? People at the starting line um, talking that I uh, breaking 19 minutes and things. And I'm in second place, and I'm sitting thinking, yeah, well, I might even break 20 minutes, so yeah. why am I out in second place? And it's a harder week course than I thought it was going to be, because yeah. it's, it's quite a bit of uphill. Yes, well, you... slight gradient up, yeah. isn't there, like, before yeah. you, you turn and come back down? I hit mile two, and there was a group behind me, but now it's about fourth place. <laughs> Hanging on, just wanting yeah. to walk. But this big shadow was behind me, <laughs> and I was running, like, it's not that I was in race mode, I have to stay ahead of these. I wish these people bloody passed me so I could start walking. <laughs> That's the way I was. So I, I didn't even, I was going to say that I slowed, but I didn't slow. Like I was going slow already and you overtook. I was like, thank God, he's passed now. I dropped my pace way off because you're putting too much pressure yeah. on me coming near the end. I didn't realise that I was doing that. Uh, uh, yeah. No, you were, yeah. you were with a group of yeah, three yeah. or four runners, yeah. like, you know. And you don't know what's going on in people's heads yeah. during a 5k. And then the next time I met you, obviously, is in Boston. Yes. And we went and done the park run. I put a photograph, shared a photograph on Facebook last night, actually, of us doing that park run, which was mm. a great day. That was a brilliant day. Awesome. Yeah. When I seen that photograph last night, I realized how good of a day it was. But when we were walking there, you told me a bit about your story. Yes. A very small yes. input to your story. And um, I just started doing some of the podcasts then. I think I've only done a couple. I think so, yeah. You're right. At that stage, I was getting a lot of stick by the inspirational runner the whole journey. So, <laughs> But actually, listening to you actually made me want to actually pursue the path of doing the inspirational runner. I thought, wow, what a fabulous story. Um, you know, and there's so many different people that you meet, especially when you're doing those type of events. Mm. Yeah. There's so many inspirational people out there and your story put a different twist on it because you, you're such great physique. <laughs> the facade, yeah. The facade, like. And but under the bonnets, a bit different. Yeah, yeah, and if you think about, you know, when you, your journey sort of already started around 2005, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, so just tell me about that, how that started because you had sort of, Two different type of journeys there, really, haven't you? First one sort of started in 2005. It did, yes, um, uh, Robbie. 2005, that was... I was misdiagnosed with a neurological disease, Guillain-Barre. 
and there was no Google back then, as much Google as there is, so I didn't have really have much of a clue what game Barry was, but then I was told it was a really heavy duty sort of disease that they could have put me in a wheelchair and the way in hospital, so um, I didn't realise I was that big. <laughs> I was called Big Ivan, but I didn't realise it was that heavy. <laughs> so went on the scales and went, looked down on 21 and a half stone, okay. And then when you have a, a life sort of change thing going on in your health, you think you need to change these things. So. Right, a lot of timber was carrying, so I wanted to lose that. And the only way to do that, I thought, let's start wobbling between lampposts and sacrifice the Guinness and sacrifice whatever. And just trying to get fit. Because what was your lifestyle like before that then? Because 21 and a half stone sounds a lot, but you're six foot six. I'm a big unit. Well, I'm actually six foot five and a half. Okay. Six foot six and a half. So you were happy then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my lifestyle would have been just drinking beer and partying, watching rugby. You know, big rugby follower. I wouldn't say big, but I was just watching it rather than doing it as much. Yeah, and yeah. then just... I, People didn't see it as such because it was a big, big unit anyway. So it wasn't looked as if it was a big, big blobby. Um, yeah. But uh, I just um, when I, I sort of realised on the scales, and, and then you think I could have had this or got this disease, but I need to sort of change my lifestyle. So I just had to sacrifice things to change my yeah. lifestyle. And the Guinness I loved, so I had to sacrifice that because that's loads of carbs. And then I sacrificed. The, the carbs, the potatoes and pasta and just, just started to get a lean. starchy, yeah. heavy carb sort of foods. Like. Yeah, so just um, vegetables, steamed vegetables and, and tuna. Because and yeah, you lost chicken. quite a bit of weight, didn't you? No, that didn't happen overnight. No. <laughs> that was a lot of years. I think it just didn't, it didn't happen. I started uh, my journey as in wobbling, running, jogging, um, 2005, and I was embarrassed because when I was on the roads, I was stopped if a car was coming. <laughs> I was embarrassed of my body. Um, and then once the timber, I call it timber, the fat came off, um, I started to get more confident in yeah, myself. There, there is a fear when people start running, they're going out. They're actually, you say embarrassed, yeah, but there's, there's a fear of going out onto the road and people actually seeing you running for the very first time, isn't there? Yeah. It's quite a lot of people have that, but really yes. nobody notices. And really, no. if you see somebody in the rain, poor and wing, they look like they're overweight, the first thing that comes to your head is, well, fair play to you. Absolutely, it? absolutely. It's, like, it's such a positive thing. Yes. But for some reason, you know, be people listening here who maybe want to go out on the first run, etc. Yeah. Like, like, they're not really, it's the opposite to what you think it's going to be, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah. So way back in 2005, um, there's nothing like Couch 5K, which we'll probably talk about later. Yeah. Um, but way back then, I just started. And then the, the weight started to fall, just, just slowly, very slowly, just started to fall and sort of um, started then instead of a lamppost, maybe pick five lampposts, you know, started to progress a wee bit. And then I think 2006 was the big changer. It was the Belfast Marathon Relay and we we're doing it for Action Cancer, about four or five minutes we're doing it. Hey, we're going to do the Relay for Action Cancer, good charity. And one of the guys fell out, didn't bother, went in, so I had to do two of the legs. So I. I can't remember what legs I did. Um, I think I did over 10, 11 miles. Um, and then I got the bug. I just thought, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna start running. And I continued on yeah. that journey. So you didn't really get the bug straight away then, the first year? Not really, not, well it was, it was just, I was just doing it, trying to shift the weight, but it was hard when you're carrying, you're carrying weight, you did the shift that you had, the effort you had to put in. Was there anybody else running with you at that no, stage? No, it was just or me. any other races? Me, myself and I, I actually can't remember. Um, Probably not. I think the Belfast Marathon 2006 was the first race, mm -hmm. so to speak. So how many times a week were you running then, just to lose the weight? 
that was your main focus, wasn't it? That was focus, just weight. Um, weight and trying to keep healthy. Um, two, three, two or three times a week and then yeah. progress on the three, four. How far were you sort of running? Excuse me, about um, 5k. About 5k. Max. But at the start, it would have been building it up, you know, half a mile. Yeah. And just building it up gradually. But as Thank God for them lampposts. It's got many people yes. started, I think. That's <laughs> yes, the lampposts, yeah. So I just kept on going and the weight started to f- fall off. People actually said to me, like, oh, you're looking, you're looking leaner and all. And I built the confidence up and then that sort of... Because what, what weight are you now? Um, well, I'm sub 16 or 15 something. Whatever. So I'm not six, six stones, sort of. Yeah. So I'm, I can carry that. Um, if, I, if I lost more, I would look like Skeletor. You know, just, yeah. yeah. Look, but like you. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, and then, so in the first year, how much weight did you lose in the first year just running your 5Ks three times oh a week? Oh my gosh. You're asking me 2005 and this is 2018. Yeah. Um, just roughly like. You're talking about two, two stones. So you lost a couple of stone in the yeah. first year. You're running yeah. three times a week, um, running up around to about five k, which is three miles, yeah. um, just consistently doing that. And your diet changed things. I know people are going to be interested in how you <laughs> lost six stone, and your diet sort of changed. You really cut out those starchy carbs and yeah. non-value uh, yeah. added sort of foods. We still had the old pint every now and then. Oh no, no back then. Oh back then, probably not not as much. Yeah, would have had maybe as a luxury, maybe on a Saturday night or something, or yeah, a glass yeah. of wine. No, it was probably more wine. I would have went yeah. a glass of red wine rather than a pint of Guinness. No, yeah. no, red wine's good for you, obviously. In, moder- <laughs> in moderation. Yeah. But when you're six foot six, holding a glass of red, it doesn't look <laughs> cool when you're in a bar. You know, when all the boys Especially are drinking watching the rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And then, um, but you'd obviously been told that you had. Um, is it a syndrome or disease? It was a mild dose of Guillain-Barre, I was, the neurologist told me, and it's, I got all the tests, electro, electrocu- I thought they were electrocuted, um, I got all the needles put on me and sort of, uh, I'm trying to remember 2005. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, and what symptoms did you have before that? That made you actually go to the hospital to begin with? I was actually, I loved the more mountains. I loved walking the mountains. I loved it up in the hills. I was doing all the, you know, the Binion, Donner, um, oh, I yeah, the wall. I was doing the wall, walked the wall and stuff like that yeah. there. And I was coming down one um, weekend and I started feeling, fun, you know, sensations in my arms yeah. and the hands like and, and needles, my legs. So. Yeah, I just got that. And I wasn't shifting. So then it got investigated. It just took a wee bit of time through the NHS to get investigated. And then they did the test in the Royal. Um, and then they came up with this thing. I was yeah. misdiagnosed. But... I didn't know that I had, my, it was my monster, I call it, my MS monster back then. So it was MS, but it wasn't diagnosed MS, so I'm yeah. thankful for that. Because yeah. then it got me able to flip that over and try to... So you got yourself in good fit. condition then, you, you got focused into a better, healthier sort of yes. lifestyle, really. Yes, absolutely. To try and help support what you've been misdiagnosed with in yes. 2005. And then you went into the Belfast Marathon and you wanted to do a relay... But you'd done two of the legs. Yes. How was that that day at first run then? So it's it quite a buzz about it. It was like I had the mar. Uh, it was like I had the marathon. I got it. I got it. But even though we were the, the relay team, it yeah. was just a, the buzz of, of achieving that. So that, that actually got me up, focused on maybe that's that could be another challenge. Let's yeah. do a marathon. That was a great experience, like yes. isn't it? The fast relay. Yeah. It's such a buzz, like there's so many. There's so many great things for charity, and there's so many new people yes. introduced. My first run was the Belfast. Um, marathon as well, really. 
mm-hmm. and I think I've done exactly the same as you to be honest it was like a six or seven mile leg mm-hmm. I used to do that and I had such a good time around the next leg as well and I couldn't walk for about a week <laughs> after it I think I ran right. around 10 or 11 miles and um, so after that then at that point you sort of got the bug I got the bug because I've seen your, your time for was it Berlin Marathon? Uh, Berlin that was, 2000, that was my best year 2008 2008, so that was only two years after Belfast. Yeah. And you got phenomenal time in that. Was, I was, it was pretty cool, yeah. Like three hours, 12 minutes. Three hours, 12. It would have been any marathon um, I, I, I completed. I was cramped. I was mad cramps. Mm-hmm. cramped mile 20. I know a lot of people get cramps, but I couldn't figure it out. I was taking everything to try to avoid the cramps. Salt and stuff. And, and it was the AMS. The AMS was cramping my muscles up, but I didn't know I had AMS uh, until 2009. So... From 2005 to 2009, I was running sort of blind, so to speak. You know, I didn't know yeah. I had MS, but I, I had it. And I couldn't figure out, how come I'm cramping all the time? Yeah. You know, especially between mile 18 and mile 24. I was going through the Brandenburg Gate as if I was um, shot. <laughs> you, know, and, uh, you know, I was just going through there and I was like, oh my gosh, I was in so much pain. But I, I still managed to get a 3 hours 12. Yeah, that's a phenomenal time. Yeah. So you obviously didn't go from running the relay to that time no no gosh no so did you start was that that was your first marathon two years you start doing the park run or no park run wasn't it i was started oh, there was my, no park run then sorry i started um okay i did the belfast 2007 i think 2007 belfast marathon and i should have actually looked up all my dates here because i'm, I'm probably incorrect on that but i think it was the 2007 nobody else knows you know you can just yeah, say yeah, whatever you want <laughs> know. Know people will google that who's yeah. your video <laughs> Um, 2007 and I was running with Up and Runners, uh, we form based club, which yeah. was tied into Up and Running, which is pure running now, but um, it was a wee form based um, group of um, people, runners. Yeah, they're still going now, aren't they, Up and Run? Um, maybe over in the mainland, but over oh, here, right, um, okay. it, it hasn't it's stopped, pure running is now taken over. But basically, um, that was Up and Running 2007 and I did my first marathon, I think it was 3 hours 40 something. It's phenomenal, like. And I just, uh, and then I just in between those days, I was just got did a half, you know, less than half, nearly half, and stuff like that. So I was started getting the bug, and then I was training with the Dromore Athletics Club on this Tuesday and Thursday. Okay. And Do you find started, that really helped you? Like that really propelled you forward? We were yeah. give you a bit of structure. Yes. Yeah. It's Even, quite, it's quite a good club, isn't it? Dromore is very structured. And yes. Very good. Very good. A lot of good guys runners there. there, like. Yeah, and that just gave me focus and. I was up and running, and the guys were always wanting to get me to join Jamar, but no, I was always up and running, so that, yeah, that club, yeah. so a bit of banter going on there, but that was 2007, and then, as I say, 2008 was the, the big year for me, I was hitting times, and I don't go for, well, I probably was then, I was going for times, I was looking at my watch, you know, going for mm-hmm. focusing, and I was able to hang, it was a Queen's 5k, you know, is it a Queen's one, 5k race, around the bridges, Yeah, I think I got an 1831. Wow. So I was shifting a big unit shifting. So yeah, was, and, did, was, and you didn't run previous to that because you were no. doing the lamppost, the lamppost no, thing no. couple of years before that. <laughs> no, because no. that's that's quite phenomenal. Like so you were quite a were you a hard grafter and really focused and throwing yourself into it, or did you find yourself just being a very natural runner? No grafter. I had to, I had to work hard. Yeah. I had to work hard. And do you find that that is in your character? You just sort of because yeah. you've lost six stone away. You, you you're able to see what you want and you really yeah. throw everything into that then i was going for my head i wanted to get the three hours i want to get sub three hours yeah i wanted to, then once i get the, the that i was going to plan on to do a triathlon and then ironman 
Yeah. But all my the, my health has changed. But then we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, brilliant. So, sorry, did you say eighteen and a half minute? Was it for five k? Yeah, yeah. What was your ten k time? Again, I didn't actually do a ten k. Really, Sealy could have been a ten k, but it was it yeah. wasn't a great time. It was forty minutes or something. But I didn't actually focus on that. I think I did the five k because I was training hard with Jamor, and then I did the half marathon. I think it was the Larn half. I think I got eighty six, eighty seven minutes. Whatever, and then that was a 2008, and then that was the Berlin. I was just training through, and I was following the Runners World training 16 week training program, sub sub 3:30. You know, yeah. So that was my focus. How many how many times are you training during the week? I could have been doing the you know the re- the um, rest Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, rest Friday, and Saturday, Sunday. So, so like, plan. Yeah. How did you find that sort of change? Change your lifestyle really to what it was before two thousand and five. How how did you find the change then? So before two thousand and five, then watching the rugby, blah blah blah. Um, having a good life. Some mm. of you having a bad life. No, it sounds good. like you're having a good life. <laughs> Too good, yeah. Um, but as your health sort of, you starting to you start running, your health started. You had a better well being at that stage yes. that you knew of. Yes. Um, how did you find that sort of change? And the difference in your lifestyle when you took up running? The confidence. My confidence was from sort of very sort of quiet sort of person. And then I just wasn't embarrassed anymore. Because yeah. everybody looked at me probably thought, you know, they didn't see it. They just saw a big, big guy. But I was just embarrassed with my body because I didn't like my body. But then we changing it over those couple of years. Yeah. I just became more and more confident. And was it only running you used to change it? Because you're... I'd do a wee bit of gym work and stuff like that there. But I wouldn't do... I'd cycle as well. I would have got on the when I hybrid. Mm-hmm. I'm like a big seal and a big hybrid, you know, just, you know, when I'm injured or whatever, I would have got onto the bike and did about 50, 60 minutes mm-hmm. on the bike. So then what happened then? It was 2000, 2009 you got in Dublin then, did you? Yes, I got diagnosed. And just diagnosed before that? Before that, I got diagnosed um, in 2009, it was August 2009, and I was, um, how did I get, I was in the hospital, I was out for a spin. I came off my back, I was feeling just very wobbly, you know, I was in, I started balancing all the time. So vertigo sort of yeah. So I got into the NAE and then they just put me straight into the, the hospital and I got all the tests carried out through that week. Now, I didn't know that then I was having a relapse because I didn't know how to mess. Mm-hmm. I don't think they knew until they did all the tests. The tests would have been CT, MRI and then the lovely lumbar puncture and then you know, the lumbar puncture wasn't very pleasant. And then that, that Sunday, I just got diagnosed and just... That was a heavy weight. That was, yeah. That was Especially when bad you... Bad times. When you turned... I wouldn't say turn your life around because you didn't have a yeah. bad life before, but yeah. from a health perspective and the fitness and your yeah. confidence and you're at that stage of improving all the time, yes. aren't you really? And you know you're going to get better and better and better and there's loads and loads of things you can work on. And then you get hit with something like that. Um, it can be a very difficult thing to, I don't know the word, right word to use is accept at that stage. When you're first told that, um, like how, how did that make you feel? I was devastated. Um, I was spent, uh, my aunt has MS and she went into the wheelchair very quick. And there was no DMTs, drug disease modifying therapies back then. So she went straight in and she's, um, I just thought, me aunt, me, I don't want to be there. I don't want to yeah. from a guy super fit. Then all of a sudden being told he's got this disease and 
Well, sir, I just think doom and gloom. I was just thinking all the negative thoughts was coming yeah, through my yeah. head. Um, well, you only knew of your aunt and how that affected yeah, you. Really. I had no clue about MS until yeah. I was told right And then, okay. And back then, it wasn't as, um, you know, the internet wasn't as available. And yeah. I, I'm not, not social media and stuff. It wasn't as, mm. back, what do you think, back in 2009? I suppose it was there, but it wasn't in your face yeah. as it is now. And the wee nurses just said, like, you got remit relapse. So remission and um, relapse. I'm in remission, um, but that was I had a relapse. Um, they said like you might have another relapse for two, three, four years. Just get on with your life, um, and then we'll we'll talk you through if you need to go through onto sort of drugs or whatever. But at the minute you're um, in remission. And what is actually multiple sclerosis? What is that? How, how does it affect your body? Everybody's different. We're snowflakes. We're like individual, um, different. We're unique. We're um, like this is my MS, and I'm also I'm very mindful, Robbie, um, that everybody, if people are listening to this, their MS is different. You know, mm-hmm. we're all different, and I have to be. I want things pitched right when I am talking about this. Even when I'm, the runners world went out, I went, "Oh my goodness!" Because the guy interviewed me there, I just said, "I want this pitched perfect because I don't want to go. Oh, look at me! I can do this, this, and this. Yeah, you need to do this and this and this for your MS, but it doesn't work like that so ms is an individual disease and it's unfortunate that we're all different but and i just want to reach out um, and raise as much awareness for people especially young folk who are diagnosed diagnosed that it's it's it can be managed now in 2018 it can be managed with a wee bit of um sort of like your lifestyle changes slightly um and your eating and physical activity and um it affects me um, by I'm constantly my finger, my fingers, my hands. I'm running them here. Uh, you can't see this because it's not being videoed. Um, it's, I got tons of needles all the time, and then this side of my face is just sort of constantly sort of numbishness, and then I get mm-hmm. ringing in the ears, and then my feet are but sort of pins and needly too. And then the left side of my body got wiped out in 2000, Christmas time, 2009. I'll go on to tell you about that. Um, yeah. So in two, in in 2009, when you got diagnosed, what that was right up. August, around August. August time. Yeah, my mum's um, birthday. Oh, and your mum's birthday. So you're in hospital. And she didn't then. know I was in hospital for a week. Yeah, for a week. And did she know you were in hospital? Um, possibly it was then, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it was serious. Didn't disclose what it was because didn't want people worrying, and also didn't want people. Once I got um, it um, diagnosed, I didn't want people feeling sorry for me. Yeah, I didn't want the, the, the sort of people looking at me going, "Oh, poor Ivan, he's got this." So I just decided to go. <laughs> Just kept quiet about it. But then in October, then you'd already trained for Dublin, or you're on the path to training. You continued yeah. that training. I got out of hospital in August. Um, I just thought, of, well, I settled down for about a week or so, and then I got, went down to work, uh, up and runners, I trained with them on a Wednesday night, and then I, I may possibly continued with Tremor, maybe, I can't remember. Um, and then I was went the Rathlin run. I did yeah. the Rathlin run. At, um, I invented this, I might as well do it and see what happens. I think don't quote me. Someone will look at the the results. I think it came fourteenth. So I thought, like, it's a ten mile race, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So um, I can't remember then, but I think it came fourteenth. Yeah. How did that make you feel then after being given that news? Yeah, and then going out and running that race. Did it give you a bit of hope then? Yeah, confidence just went up again. I went real low when it was possible. Yeah, and then it just started to pick up again. You know, I can imagine. Just uh, even though I was on steroids in the hospital, so it could have been um, drug enhanced yeah. performance. <laughs> but you'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it all day long. <laughs> all day long. So I got out, as I say, I got that in Rathlin, so good. So I continued training for um, Dublin. Brilliant. And how did that go? That was the experience. Brilliant. Don't Pardon? 
Oh gosh, yeah, that, that was. I'm gonna name a kind of name another athlete. Me and yeah, yeah, yeah. Another athlete, big um, Philip Bent. He was going for a sub three hour marathon that year, and I was just trying to beat my three twelve. Yeah. Right, so me and him were you know with two chang one to do he's he's down i think good good big lad so if he's listening to this he'll probably put a like on that um he was going for a sub three he got uh, i think he got three hours and one second no way <laughs> but so, <laughs> yeah he got three hours and i was running away and my left side started i just started to get weak tired you know when you're coming into 24 25 26 miles so i remember going up past the mate simon he was cheering me on um, as soon as I passed them, I went down onto the curb and I, I, I fractured my rib. And you know yourself, Robbie, you, you go a marathon, you, you're not going to put all that in and you just give up. Yeah, no way. So I think it was just adrenaline flowing. I just yeah. got up again and I slowed away down. Um, I crossed the line three, three hours 16. I was, wow. Yeah. Phenomenal. I think it would have, if I hadn't fallen, I would have been probably 310. Yeah. And do you think that the back then, the the effects of the disease was sort of having a yeah it was on my left side again the weakness yeah the weakness but um getting the medal and the, 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 it was just a, a, so emotional for me because no one else knew really so yeah. i was just out there and doing that so i continued on working away so with, how, how did you feel then crossing the finish line then from that because okay i know you broke your rib <laughs> i know you got a good time but knowing what you the news you've been given back in yeah. august like that must have felt triumphant must be very overwhelming. Yes, and I thought I could, uh, I could, I could, I could overcome this. Yeah. The naivety of me going, uh, Big Ivan can sort it. He he can work with it. He can he can beat this. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. But damn, um, that's I'll this is not the way it happened. No. Right? no. So it was later in two thousand and nine. Then. Coming yes. Up around the Christmas time. Christmas time. There's a lot of stressors happening in my world. I don't want to disclose too much of that on. Um, but I was going through um, my final year. My, I was doing a part-time degree, yeah. So it was kind of you know the final years, and I was getting stressed, and work was getting stressed, stressed in work, and there was a health and safety meeting, and I got a wee nudge under the table, my boss said, "Are you okay?" And I sort of started, I couldn't really talk properly. And yeah, side your face, side my face, so drop, you know, it's just uh, everything was going sort of do lally. Long story short, back in hospital, bang, boom, and that was a boom, boom, bang. That was a that was a big one though, wasn't it? That was a dark, dark days. Um, I got in and they just threw as much stories as the stories to me as they could. Wasn't having no impact. They actually thought I was having a stroke. I thought yeah. this guy's not coming. I I can't actually remember half the things went on when I was in the hospital. But it was dark days. But it, but it affected the whole side of your face. Oh left hand side. Yeah. And your... I was paralyzed, then the left hand side. Yeah. This arm I was I had the arm on the table, I had this guy guy trying to get my muscles or my the messages up because I couldn't move. I was looking at my hand, I couldn't move my hand. And that was crazy. That must have been a very scary yeah. time. Like, and, and people visited me in the hospital, and I'm not going to say friend names, but there's friends. He just burst out and went, came yeah. down with big lads lying in bed, and he couldn't move his talk. But it's <laughs> understandable as well, yeah. isn't it? Like, hundred percent. Like, yeah. and he's feeling your pain as well through mm. you. And I don't want to fast forward now, but knowing <laughs> Ivan, I know. Yes, yes. Do you know what I mean? And to see him where how far you've come from that. Yeah, those you, are dark days. You yes. brought me to that place, and I just know Ivan now. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Such a phenomenal strength that you've had to put some sort of control mechanisms in place, really, isn't yes, it? To continue with the lifestyle that you you've got now, mm -hmm. and you've got an amazing. It looks like you've an amazing life, anyway. Yeah, from the yeah, outside yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. And running's been a big part of that, hasn't it? 
uh, all day, all day long. Running is, yeah, that's, that's for me, that saved me through that dark yeah. journey. But it was stripped away from me. I was in hospital and I couldn't walk or talk. And I had to go, I was, once I got out of the hospital, I'm going back to, I'm going back to yeah. it. Once I got out, um, like, uh, New Year, I then, because I got a, I got so a you're in hospital Christmas. Christmas New, New Year, yeah. yeah. Once I got out, I was like a stroke victim, you know, still, still like that, the left okay. side, it was like, the, the repair wasn't done, I was like a walk on, but like a sear, you know, it was all crunchy. So you had almost teach yourself to walk again, really? Yeah. And um, my neurologist changed to a, a specialist, MS neurologist, and he was the best thing that ever happened, because then he, then there was this drug came out early around that, that year, called Desabri, it's a um, monthly infusion mm-hmm. drug, it's heavy duty, and it's, there's got risks with it, it's, it's, it's a good, very good drug for multiple sclerosis, but there's risks that it could kill you, mm-hmm. one in a thousand, and that flipped my head going, my gosh, one in a thousand, and I had to, just, I had to sign that off, the, the neuro- yeah. my neurologist couldn't say, look, I'm going to put you on this, it has to be my decision. And it took me a while to come to terms with that. I'm so I haven't that was never a decision, never looked back. Never looked back. And I went on to the drug on May two thousand and ten. Brilliant. And but before May I had to do an army challenge. I did the um, London Marathon. Brilliant. Yeah. Everybody said to me, You're no mad. way you can do that. <laughs> There's no way you can do so it. Look where you were. And I said, Look, I'm gonna try my mum was worried about me and I kept falling, I cutting my knees. But I trained for it as a, uh, I would walked. I would have went out for walks as if I was going for a long run. Brilliant. So the way I went away, I built it up again, five miles, eight miles, 12 miles. So you just readjusted? Yeah, readjusted it, yeah. And I improvised, adapted, overcome. And like coming out in December, New Year's sort of in hospital, yeah. you come out and you're sort of paralyzed down one side almost. I can only start the, when I got out of hospital, things are starting to connect. The yeah. connections you asked me earlier, um, Robbie. But they were lazy. Asked, pardon? They were lazy then. But yeah, they're just lazy. The connections, your head is your speaker system, right? Yeah. And all the wiring from your, you know, is your speakers to your hands and your speakers and your feet are your speakers. So if the, the connections are um, for, um, damaged, MS, that's what happens. They just okay. damage the, interrupt the, um, I don't know the technology of messages, that, but maybe. Messages, that's correct. And I couldn't use in the left side, it was really wiped out, so it was. Yeah. Um, so, so when did you do your first walk? When did you, when did you front yourself? Yep. So, okay, I'm registered for London Marathon. I'm going to real, realign my goal for that, and it's going to be about finishing. Or were you already signed up for London? Probably January. No, I was actually, I, was, I had to defer to see because of my um, yeah. finals. I just decided like, I wasn't fit. I wanted to defer um, because of um, my rev that you know, October '09. Yeah. <laughs> so I needed, need to sort of rethink back. So I deferred it, and then two thousand. Is it safe for me to be here? Pardon? Is it safe for me to be here? In what, what way? Well, you've broken your rev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad luck all the way through there. All the way through. Yeah, yeah. It is safe. It is safe. Um, so we got out and then training. Um, you asked me when did it start? Probably the end of January. I thought I want to give myself a, a wee goal here. So now, even if I got the start line, I'm not too sure. Was it or not the finish line? I don't know. I just had yeah. this focus. I wanted to get over to London, uh, some way. Um, how, how do you think that helped that that stage in your life? Then, so you just come out of hospital, and you set yourself whether you can just get to the start yeah. line of yeah. the London Marathon would be a phenomenal achievement from where you've been yeah. at. How do you think that helped support? Um, I don't know the right word is recovery. Cause it's not full recovery, but to get you back on track. 
again sort of the confidence builder it's going back there my confidence was building up again and I started starting to get stronger now I was always in mindful of the fact that I could get in a relapse it's like mm-hmm. you get it when you have MS you just uh, every day is different can be different and those are those dark days I was getting up and thinking uh, things are starting to move here I'm moving stuff uh, this, today's a good day you know because yeah. I've been to the bad days and I just found it so I just sort of had to keep as positive as, as I could and that was my challenge, right? I'm gonna walk here, and uh, if I can walk, that was that was, that was my challenge. It's like go way back in, I'll go back to hospital again. When I was in the hospital for the week in hospital, when I got sort of um, able to move about, I was walking the corridors on down the steps. I was doing like the the, the Royal has seven floors, I think, or six five floors. I was walking each end, bum 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 bum, just to just keep my fitness on. You're trying but, to feed it a bit, like, yeah. Were you? Yeah, I was running away from it. I was yeah. foolish. I was I was running in the early days. I was just trying to act it and. You know, now in hindsight, you know, you can't run away from that yeah. thing like that. But do you think that sort of, that mindset sort of helped you though? Because you can imagine if you were in that situation and you didn't take, you weren't headstrong, I suppose. Because mm. you are, I'm assuming you're headstrong. Yeah. You're coming across that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not here, but I'm sure she would yeah. say, yeah, yeah, he's definitely yeah. Um, headstrong and a bit ignorant maybe. <laughs> Stupid maybe. <laughs> a bit, bit of ignorance there. Yeah. Which it takes sometimes, like yeah. especially when you're in that type of situation, like, because um, I can only imagine there are very people are going through very similar things to yes. what you've gone through, yeah. but they they don't run, or they maybe wouldn't have that goal to set a sort of target and then sort of go after that quite early on. Mm. That could lead you down a very different path altogether, couldn't it? It could yeah, lead you into a corner of a room and you mm. just sit there and just. Um, Get worse and worse. Muscles, memory, but if you just let just stagnate, yeah. you're you're gonna just deplete. Just head and and I know out. there's no sort of scientific evidence between sort of running or keeping yourself going because it's an internal sort of disease, really, yeah. isn't it? Um, what do you think about that yourself? Do you think that it's really helped get you to the situation that you're in now, or do you think? I do believe going back, I'll go. I'll, I'll repeat myself again, Robbie. Everybody's different. But for me, it has helped my MS, you know, being fit. Now, think back when we first started this conversation, I'm using my hands a lot and you're looking. 2005, I kept myself fit. Yeah. Right? So I kept that level. I kept that level. So if I was diagnosed in 2000 properly, I don't know why the mindset could maybe, oh, you wouldn't know. I, I didn't know I had anything bad with me back in 2005. Mm-hmm. So then I flipped that and I got strong and I got I'm physically fit. So then I turned myself into a pretty good athlete-ish and then continued and then got hit with a, a sort of another kicking from the AMS officially. And then I thought, mm, if I had the negative sort of back, I don't know, to answer your question, yeah, I don't I know how I could flip that. Because I can feel, I can so empathize with everybody who has this lovely, awful disease, but we're all different. And mm. some people aren't fit, fit to start with and they get diagnosed. Yeah, so it'll be harder to get up a level. So, if, if that, yeah, if that makes sense. Like, so it give you it give you a good base to try yeah. and battle what you're trying to go through, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm being a marathon runner. You know, where where you go through the wall, you go through yeah. everything. You know, I'm very determined. I'm focused. So you know yourself. You're not going to give it. Yeah, proved yeah. in two thousand nine. You fall, you break. You plenty of people just oh, you just continue on. Yeah, brilliant. So, so going for London then. So how far did you get up to in training? Probably because every training yeah. session must have been like. 
hours and right. hours and hours. So it must have been a great achievement. Yes, though. yes. You must have come home feeling like, yeah. frick, I got to 10 miles today. That was and brilliant. then once I got more confidence, it was January, February, March, probably March time, I started to move a wee bit, as in wobble, as in sort of, sort yeah. of connection. But I was kept on falling because this wasn't strong. My left side and I kept falling and stuff. And oh, am I going to cause more damage? You know, me going out and trying to... Yeah. And I sort of was able to run a wee bit. But then I had to stop because I tired out. Because you're sort of moving into the unknown as well. Like yeah. You don't know where you're doing more damage yeah. or you're improving it. Like, yeah. for, from a mental health point of view, though, it definitely helped. Oh, yes. You know, getting outside and being able to do yeah. things like that as well. Like, so I was out for hour, you know, you know, if you went out for 15 miles, you're, you know, walking, that's a long time on feet. Yeah. So basically, I'll, I'll forward, forward on the um, National Marathon 2010. Um, I got the start line and I got, I got I mean, you know the way you get your positions? You are the 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 bread starter corrals. I was in there because of my time previously. <laughs> I was in the three hour <laughs> doing corral. I had to go up to the marshal because I was not a hundred percent. I had to go up the wee guy and said, I just I had a bit of a health issue there. What before? I didn't realize I had this. And then he says, No, that's okay. Just keep keep the left. Keep the left. <laughs> I was up with all these whippets. <laughs> and oh my word! So I started to sort of trouble off really gently, and uh, I I did it. And I, I, mean, I cross the line, and, and it's a different perspective when you're at the back of the field. Mm-hmm. You see all, you know, all the water bottles lying up by and everything, but there's so many other people out there with different stories. Yeah. You, you people with no leg, you know, one leg off and one arm off, or whatever. So you see, and everybody has their story. I my first marathon, I ran in six hours 14, and went into it with an injury. Okay. And it was, I think, it's the most humbling experience I had in my life because yes. I was at the back in the marathon yeah. and I was meeting so many people and the stories the stories I think I yeah. cried my eyes out halfway around talking to these guys I couldn't believe it and when yeah. you're at the front of the marathon and you're you getting half that. a decent time yeah. it's a totally different place yeah yeah isn't totally you don't so much that. goes on in the course yeah. so it can be quite humbling as well to yeah. go at the back of a race yes. do you know what I mean as well and, and meet sort of those people and understand actually how great a marathon is because it's yeah. such a great to different people in different yeah. ways isn't it yeah absolutely so how did you feel coming up to the finish line in London then the I just thought, I just thought, I, even though it was only a year ago I can hardly remember excuse me I just remember crossing the line and getting the medal and I just whoo, just brilliant. melt down <laughs> brilliant like so overwhelming obviously yeah. that you'd actually achieve that yeah have you done any marathons since that have I? Oh gosh, yeah, 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 I've done quite a few. <laughs> so where have you run since that? I haven't done any, you know what I'm saying, oh gosh, uh, I've always picked up, I've, I've done, uh, did Dublin in 2016. Um, I was uh, raised a lot of money for EMS Society. Yeah. How much did you raise for that? So it was a good Over 4,000. That was uh, phenomenal. That was a lot of money. Um, I got in through the, the society and uh, I got local runners raised a lot of money for me and uh, I wasn't in a club back back then so I was sort of neutral so, so mm-hmm. to speak so it was a, like running communities so they're lovely yeah. just you don't get a, a nasty person in the running community you don't yeah. care if they're pink purple black white you know you all go it's to the amazing other. thing like, yeah. isn't it? I just love it and that was 2016 and I just looked at the big band and I went oh that's cool I'm going to be 3.30. You know, I don't go, I don't post my times now but I'm talking to you but I looked up at the big band and I was hey this is going to be sub 3.30 it's going to be so free. And I got, I got across and Fiona, she was in a different start and I passed her 16 miles. I said, okay, Fiona, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. She would just come around the corner of the final, whatever, a couple hundred metres. And she said, I thought we were, she bumped it, she came up behind me and said, right, let's go, let's go, let's go. And she shot off. 
thought it was going to be a hand hand one. But out of 40,000 runners, she shot off, but little did she know that I had a faster time. That was brilliant. So, so what was your time? I don't like saying that. It's 3 hours 23. That is absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. Why don't you like saying that? Because I'm all very mindful of people with MS and heart yeah. disease, so I'm mindful of, I don't go, those days of times are gone now. I just run for fun, so to speak. It's not everybody who has MS is going to be able to take the journey that you took yeah. and be able to sort of bring it back yeah. and do that times. So I suppose that's why you're being mindful, because yeah. not everybody's going to be in that. Because, because it is such a unique thing to each individual person, what works for one doesn't yeah. work for another. Um, but for your own path, yeah, you know, as you said, it could have went two different ways because yeah. it's everybody's going to go through that dark place at the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's no stopping that because everybody's human, mm-hmm. and you've had something taken away for you, from mm-hmm. you. It can go two different ways. It can go that you're sitting in a chair and yeah. in the corner, not knowing what to do. Yeah. I suppose, and but you did battle it. You didn't sit around too long. No. You did, you know. It sounds like a great thing being able to go out and walk the London Marathon. Yes. It seems that, you know, it give you a good starting place yeah, yeah. and a good driving force. And 3.24, and as I said at the very beginning, you know, you beat me You beat me in the park run. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, right. people don't know you, they don't see what I have. Because mm. in Britain, I let everybody probably knows now that in the running community that I have MS. Yeah. But in the early days, they didn't have it late. And I didn't disclose it too much. Yeah. And you know, well, sorry for over speaking there. I'm just coming by. Memories are coming back. I did the Great North Run. I got in through um, McMillan. Um, Shay Gibbons' brother got me through yeah. the McMillan cancer service. We got in, and I had MS. I was diagnosed in 2009. I was I was in 2009, and I was just at the start. And all these McMillan, or sorry, not McMillan, sorry, the MS Society vests were on, and I says, "Have you got? Oh no, we're just running for the charity. Um, it's a very good charity." I said, "Well, I have MS." What, seriously? Brilliant. I couldn't believe it. And I started off and I hoofed around. I think I got 90 minutes on the button. That's, and that's not bad like, for a Great North because the Great North was yeah, just very busy. Very crowded sort of run yeah. as well. Like, it was the biggest half in the world. I think yeah. it's 55,000 people running it now. And yeah. so you, you come back sort of, I don't want to say full circle, but you've got yourself into a great place. When we talk about the running, there's a great thing with running the community and yes. how supportive it is. And I think that's why so many people know you, Big Ivan. Yes. <laughs> because you sort of encompass that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You do a lot of supporting as well, and your mm-hmm. wife never stops running. Yes. <laughs> she just, I, I have this that's vision that story. she goes to bed on a treadmill. <laughs> she does that much running. Yeah, um, not far But when I met you in Boston, you were yeah. supporting there, which is a great thing to do anyway, isn't yes, it? Absolutely. I was actually jealous because <laughs> you were sitting there. Relaxing. Relaxing, and we were outside in the pouring, freezing cold rain. Yeah. Like, but what is it you get out of going to the races, I suppose, and supporting? I just want to see people improve and encourage people. Because um, I was there in the early days and I was going for the times. So I just want to encourage every sort of, you yeah. know, from the fastest to the slowest. Because go back to where I started from, I was a big, big guy, big unit. So yeah. I was one of the slowest. And then I can, I can sort of empathise with everybody. You can and sort of relate then. To relate. Yeah. What's your next big race? <laughs> well, what what path, and what direction are you going in there? No, the next big race. There's two big ones I've booked in is Dublin Marathon, <laughs> Dublin, which is in eight weeks time ish, and so London. Your third time running it then, is it? Um, no, it'll be more four or five, I think. What's uh, your favourite race then? London, London, I love it. I love London. Yeah, 
the atmosphere in London and the, just the charities and the people and it was lovely. It's a great event, isn't yeah. it? It's one of the best events in the world. Yeah. You have the aspect of all the money they raise for charity, yeah. millions that they raise for charity. Yeah. You have the elite runners. Yeah. You're the best runners in the world racing on the same mm. course as the six, seven, eight people with fridges on their back and rhinos yeah. and all sorts of people yeah. running it. And such an emotional sort of a day as well, isn't it? Oh gosh, yeah, there's so many stories. Phenomenal. I'm running, I'm running, meant to be running London next year as well. Like, so I so I'll see you at Thurlane, hopefully. Oh, I'm, I'm hopefully, now last year I had a deferred a train right up to March and then I picked up Planter on my left foot. So it was a wee bit of MS there because I'm, I'm powerhouse on the right side and the left side's a passenger. So people are looking at me, coaches and stuff look at me and go, our trainers go, how can you actually run? And Fiona looks at me going, seriously, you're, you know, your ABCs, your um, agility balance coordination. Hey, I don't have that. Cause I can't, the connections on the left side, I have no coordination or balance and strength. So I just don't know how I'm actually even able to still, still you don't Yeah, yeah. So even now, I just don't know how to, come walking downstairs, I have to be very tentative. Because I can't, the connection to get my left foot down on the steps, going up's not too bad, it's just coming down, things like that. And people don't see that, I just adapt it. I've lived with it for quite a while now. So, yeah. I don't know how I got onto that from what you were talking about in London. It uh, sounded better than what I had asked it. So oh, right. I was going with it. <laughs> <laughs> There's just things that are coming back into my brain because, again, connectively, I get mixed up. Even, yeah. even I've done event director, park run. Um, run director so many times I have to write the things down the speech so you're part of the Bangor and um, Park Run weren't you setting that establishment oh, Andrew Muir would have been the main man in the early days but I was there with him and um, he was the event director for the first year and then he handed it over to myself and I've had it ever since How, and it's quite a bit of work involved in that isn't it that's great no, we've, it's all about the volunteers um, yeah. we've got a good core in Bangor now it's just fantastic and how many volunteers. people do you get out to course like we're having about 250, 300. Wow. It's a very popular park run. Um, That's a huge amount of people, actually. It is. It's a, it's a lot of people every every weekend, but it, it seems to Is it a work. fast course? Um, I wouldn't say it's fast, fast. There's a lot of twists and bends, but we're introducing all abilities. You know, you've got people with um, visual problems. You've got people, you know, um, coming through Couch to Fight. It's a pathway for Couch to Fight, okay? You know, the yeah. couch. It's been brilliant program. for that. Um, we are... We are like, um, it's, a, it's a feeder, catch the 5k, get people to the 5k, that's the graduation day, and then hopefully they'll continue running, join running clubs, that's what Park Run's all about. So you do train now, you're helping support the catch the 5k runners? Yes, I've been doing that for four years. And how often a week do you do that? Twice, Monday and Wednesday. And it's so remarkable, people coming into catch the 5k, isn't it? Aye. What do you get out of that? Uh, money couldn't buy what I got out of that because it's just a, I, I've been there and it's a program and I can see people's see once they pass week five they, you know they're going to get through it yeah. week five from week one to week five like week one 60 seconds of running whereas week five is a little bit of a twist and the, th- the third day of running you have to do you don't have to yeah, the homework is 20 minutes and that scares people but then week six, week six is actually Monday come on, so I'll be hearing all the stories and then on Monday night going, well, did you get your homework done? You're 20 months. Oh, I don't know, I did a wee bit. Oh, I didn't do it. But the, the, this continued training and I, I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. It's getting everybody active. And you just see growth in people, don't you? Pardon? You see growth yes. in people through yeah. that. And when you see people come for the very first time, because um, Couch to 5K normally are new runners coming into the scene, mm-hmm. 
they just have people have so little confidence in themselves yes don't they absolutely and then through i know i've done a few case case with people as well and just to see their growth because mm-hmm. you know it's there yeah you know what they're capable of yeah well before they do yes and all you're doing is giving them a little bit of direction mm-hmm. and it's great to see people come through that so you then have at the end of the couch 5k then it's the park run is it park run yeah and the park run is just in, in bangor area um ours north down area there's so many people have developed from doing the park run they've started up with rubbishish times sort of in their heads is rubbish and they've just progressed and got quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker mm-hmm. and no matter what time i'm saying rubbish times no time is rubbish if you can put your, your trainers on and you yeah. can run and you can do 3.1 miles or 5k to me it's a, that's that's awesome. phenomenal like. yeah and the day that you do you bring everybody then from couch to 5k do you bring them to the park run on that one graduation, day? Yes, graduation yes graduation day. graduation day yeah. tell me about that day then because that must be great that's great so now some some graduations have been away i've <laughs> been at the graduation but um or will be people there but it's just they're all nervous they, they come at nine o'clock um for a wee photo shoot before the park run they're all really nervous and and they're all sort of like so calm down guys you've done all the work just do it it doesn't matter what time you do it then you just start and you finish and that's it done brilliant. enjoy it and uh they do it and the, the feedback you get at the end of it, it's just awesome it's brilliant you can see people remember week one you couldn't do that and i look at you nine weeks later boom you're on so it's just like you're shining your light on them like yeah. really isn't it like if um you had one thing to say to somebody who was thinking about running or thinking about going to the couch to 5k what would that be Give it a go, try it, and enjoy it. Um, I, my philosophy now, I was on the sharp endish, and I run for fun. You know, you just mm-hmm. put your trainers on, try it, always listen to your body, yeah, and not your head. A lot of athletes I know, a lot of athletes who will just always listen to, um, to their head. Oh, I have to do this, I have to, I must do these races. But their body's going, no, you're not, no, you're yeah. not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just looking across the table, though, fella. Yeah. <laughs> and have you any favorite quotes? Uh, because it's just my three one my mantra I improvise adapt overcome improvise adapt, adapt overcome. overcome and you that can, was me and her ms girl me, me and her young girl and she got diagnosed when she was a teenager we're just talking about it. we're always improvising adapting and overcoming and i just logged in my head and i put it in the back of my ms society vest just run you're always improvising i'm always when you have a disease you always sort of improvise it adapt it and overcome it mm-hmm. but then that's like anything in life just about to say then you can really carry that across to any aspect of Correct. your life isn't yeah. it i think that's one reason why people sort of do crash and burn is because they don't do that no they have maybe more load into their lifestyle yeah without actually adapting and then they lose the balance of what's going yeah. on like do you know what i mean um, and I, the other thing i just want to point out to you i get up and i put my trainers on i treat it as if that's my last could be my last one because it was taken away from me and that's why you all see me smile because <laughs> i'm just having fun well, that's good. Like, yeah. I know there's a reason behind it. You're not just crazy. That's <laughs> <laughs> when I was Castle Wellman, I was going, yeah, yeah, I love it. But, but it is true. I have that in my head when I don't want to go out for a run. Sometimes yeah. I think to myself, it's not that I, it's not that I have to run. Yeah. I get to run. Yes. And you really do need to keep that mentality because someday it will no longer be your choice, isn't it? Yes. And that helps to get you out the door. Yeah. I'm always mindful of that. I always, you know, treat it. And I always, I always respect people who are just focused on times and they're just putting the training and they're doing utmost respect for those guys. But for me, you know, in my life and my journey, I'm just, I just want to see people getting fitter and I want to see people just getting out in the roads and streets and whatever and, and trails and running. 
Ivan, that's brilliant. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Cheers, bud. <laughs> Bang.